Talk with Ben Tompkins. Hi, what's good, everybody? This is Real Talk. I am Ben Tompkins. We are presented by nobody currently, but we're working hard to change that. I hope everybody's been good since the last episode. This is the Mother's Day special, and I'm excited to do this one. We're going to keep this one pretty short, pretty sweet, and I am uh, excited to kind of tell you about my mama, if y'all don't mind. See, I'm going to take y'all back to the better times. We was three years old when me and mom moved from the shot. No, I'm just kidding. That is, uh, so what I am uh, missing here is the songs that I typically use. If you'll notice, I used the same intro that I used last week, and it is a banger. It's a slap, for sure. Shout out, Ixon. Thank you for the royalty-free music and everything that you provide to the people. But I am uh, no longer going to be able to use the songs that I want to use on this show because of copyright infringements, because of licensing, because it's very, very hard to obtain those, and there is a misconception about fair use and what you can use, and you have to get these different licenses, and I spent a lot of time researching this stuff, and even one second of unauthorized use is grounds for a lawsuit. Now, since I'm relatively still very small, no one is necessarily going to come after me because what would they really be coming after, you know what I mean? But... If I get to a point where I have hundreds of thousands of monthly listeners and lots of different sponsors, then somebody could easily come back and sue me. So I got to retape a lot of intros and it bums me out because I wish that I could use this music because to me it's like your song was so good, your art is so good, your creation is so good, I want to pay homage to you by using it like it's it's like I'm just trying to pay my respects you know what you created meant that much to me that it resonates with me all these years down the road I wish it could be taken as that but people work hard to create the work that they do and so they they you know should get paid for that right uh, if, if they want to um, sell off the rights to use it then they have the right to do that obviously so um yeah, mea culpa, right? But that doesn't mean that I'm not going to continue to adding to the Real Talk with Ben Tompkins playlist on Apple Music and on Spotify because like today, the song that I would have wanted to use is Hey Mama off of Late Registration by Kanye West. I can't do that, right? But I can add it to my playlist and tell you guys, hey, that's the vibe that we're going for in this episode. So uh, make sure you check out all the playlists. Follow along on social media at BennyTomp18 on TikTok, Twitter, Clubhouse, Instagram. Um, I'm on Facebook and Instagram as well. The show pages for this show at RealTalkWBennyT. Email me your life advice submissions or your Uber stories. I want to hear those too, guys. I know you're sitting on a treasure trove of these stories, so please Send those to me, email them to me, or DM me, uh, realtalkwbennyt at gmail.com. That's where you can send them. They will be anonymous, just like all of the other stories on this podcast. So new listeners, what's good? Good to have you in. Um, very quickly, this is a show about all the people that I meet driving for Uber. It's essentially Taxi Cab Confessions meets Dr. Phil. 
And um, my why is simple. I never want anybody to feel as shitty or as alone or as abandoned as I have at different points in my life. So I literally take people from A to B, not only with the Uber, but but emotionally as well. That's what I'm hoping to do for the people that feel comfortable enough opening up. That's what I like to do for people, you know? So it's really good stuff. It makes for some really great stories. I also get some really savage stories, some funny stories, inspiring stories. We always like to end on a good story. I'll take the five best from the previous week of driving, and then that's the episode. Now, this week is a little bit different simply because last week was so time-consuming, and it drained me so much, and Actually, I am leaving tomorrow, or as of uh, you listening to this on a Wednesday, it'll be later today. I'm probably already there, but I'm headed down to Nashville to do Uber Stories Nashville, a part of the series that I'm doing throughout the spring and the summer where I will take a week or, you know, four or five days, go to a new city in a region that I'm approved to take requests in and do an episode there and connect with the people in that city and just start to expand the reach. I got to grow where I'm planted right here in Louisville, Kentucky, but that doesn't mean I can't be doing things like getting active on Clubhouse and like going to other cities and standing somewhere and handing out cards and pitching it and selling this, hustling for this because If I don't do it, no one else is going to do it for me, so I got to do it, man. So Uber Stories Atlanta went very well, and that episode now has become the most downloaded and played episode that I've done almost in the last year we've been doing this show, so in the last 11 months. That took over the number one in terms of plays and downloads. So thank you to everybody that made that possible. Also, the Kentucky Derby Uber stories from last week, that episode gained some immediate traction. So I appreciate you. If you're coming back, that means that hopefully one of these stories or something in here resonated with you. I resonate with you. And I really am hoping that you'll continue to come along for this ride with me. So with all that being said... um. I kind of have taken the last several days to focus on different parts of the show that aren't necessarily the driving and the stories. So a lot of stuff on social media um, and preparing for Nashville, which includes, and it's so weird because I'm literally like, some of you guys are going to roll your eyes at this, but I'm reaching out to some people and some businesses and some gyms in Nashville saying, hey, I'm a podcaster and a TikToker and an influencer, and I'm going to be down to do an episode in your city. I was wondering if, you know, in exchange for your drop-in fee for your gym or your entrance fee, right, that you would let me in, and then I'll talk about that and give you guys a good review on the podcast, and you'll be a part of the episode. And when I blast it out to people in the Nashville market on Facebook advertising, people are going to hear that, and people are going to maybe be influenced to go to your gym and check it out, or at least go to Instagram and look at your pictures or your website, or like whatever it is, but driving people to your business. And if it's as simple as letting me come and work out for free, in the morning, then that seems like a pretty good deal for you, you know? Like, everybody loves some free, good press. Like, that's good PR. That's hard to come by, right? I'll give that to you if you comp my meal. I'm looking at the best Nashville chicken places, the na- the best Nashville hot chicken places to go to, and I'm reaching out saying, hey, I would love to do just one. I'm, I'm being selective. I'm coming to you first, and I want to do a review of what what is perceived as the best 
quote-unquote Nashville hot chicken place. So there's like a couple things on the menu that I would like to try. If you'd be down to provide those for me, I would be happy to to do an extensive review for you and do some videos, maybe go live on Instagram, maybe do some TikTok stuff. Uh, eventually, as I start getting more and more comfortable into the YouTube space, which really I am comfortable in. I just don't have the proper camera or ring lighting and and just some stuff, tripod. I got to get that stuff, which means I got to drive more, which means I got to continue to save money. And it's like a slow burn, right? But eventually I will be doing YouTube videos. Eventually I'll have the, the, the YouTube component of the show. So it's not audio only. It's getting permission from these writers to be like, hey, by the way, can I use this on my YouTube channel? And they're like, yeah, sure. I'm like, awesome. So I actually met up with a, a guy named Andy Sly, who is a YouTuber and a content creator, and he does a lot of stuff with Teslas, and he lives in Louisville. And I was like, wow, that's really cool. I I, I would love to meet up with you and just pick your brain on how you started and, and what you're doing. And so we, we met up for a beer and got to uh, hang out for an hour and just talk shop about uh, YouTubing and, and being an influencer, right? And just, it is weird. Like, it's almost kind of like um, cringy when I am reading these emails and proofreading these emails before I send them out. And I'm like, hey, I'm going to be saying, like, I'm a podcaster and a YouTuber and a TikToker and an influencer. And I kind of cringe a little bit on the inside thinking, oh, my God, what am I becoming, right? But also, like, I am those things. And I have to embrace that. And eventually... Eventually, it, it might feel a little bit weird to say that just because of like everybody thinks of influencers and they have this negative perception of what that means and what it looks like and like, okay, but I also I, I, I do influence people like I post something and people try it and they send me the pictures of them doing it and it's like, wow, that person was influenced in their purchasing decision or in their consumer behavior in order to do what I told them to do or what I was talking about me doing and then they wanted to try it and it looked fun or it looked good or whatever, right? But, and I'm like, I have to just embrace that and just take it with a grain of salt, kind of laugh it off, play it up a little bit. Like, yeah, I, I don't know, it's a weird thing for me too because it is a weird thing, right? But um, eventually I'm gonna look back and in a year from now, having said that and putting myself out there and branding myself as this person so that businesses and organizations want to work with me and, and want to reach my audience, which is growing by the day, well then, yeah, you're damn right I'm an influencer. And yeah, I do put that in my bio or in an email when I'm introducing myself and I'm selling you on this opportunity to get involved with the show and what I'm doing and be a part of the Uber Stories Nashville episode, right? Like, hey, I went to Nashville. Just like in Atlanta, right? I went to Magic City. It went great. I met 40. But it was also an opportunity for me to give a good review of like, hey, the wings are pretty good. Or the other businesses that I shouted out. Our boy Evan Caffey hooking us up at the battery with all the Molson Coors products that we were drinking. Vizzy and the Coors Light Seltzers. Like, those are all opportunities for me to... Uh, audition basically for these companies and and so moving forward when I am pitching myself and making sales calls with potential sponsors which I've had two in the last week and a half that have both went well we'll see fingers crossed right knock on wood but um, it's just like hey 
I'm I'm not full of shit. Like I'm actually doing these things and you can here's proof of it. Like you want to know what it's going to be like if I'm selling your business on behalf of you as an extension of you as a brand ambassador to my audience and my listeners and my social media following, then here's a couple examples of me doing that just for free, just because I'm building this thing. And it's just something you got to do. I've talked about that on a previous episode is like you know, if, you, if you're trying to break in as a podcaster or as a YouTuber or an influencer or even just somebody that wants to work in PR or um, become like a, a brand specialist, like you have to start to do that stuff so that you have something to rely on when people are like, hey, is this kid full of shit or not? What are we getting here? You have something that you can show them. Be like, guys, here you go. So it it's, uh, yeah, and, and so like, going down and doing one of these episodes where I'm going to be, if I'm going to be up in Chicago or if I'm going to be in Cleveland or Columbus this summer and spring, reaching out before I get there to say, hey, here's my concept. I do this show. Would you guys want to be featured on it? Um, Here's what I had in mind. You know, slide me some free food. I'll do a review or let me come and get a workout in because, you know, the grind don't stop. The gain train never slows down. It can't, right? So I can't just take these days off. I want to be at your 7 a.m. or 6 a.m. classes. Could we do that? And they're like, yeah, sure. Great. I'm like, awesome. Thank you. And so I'm doing that now as, as a, um, having learned from, hey, what what did I do here in Atlanta? Okay, how'd the week go? Great. Now, what can I do in order to be more proactive and create more opportunities for that kind of stuff moving forward? And so I kind of took what I did in Atlanta and what I learned in Atlanta, and now I'm going to be doing that stuff in Nashville. So I don't know. For those of you that are interested in kind of the 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 building of this, right, brick by brick, the entrepreneurship that goes into it, the the just building a business, right, the creation of something. I, I bring all that stuff up because I feel like you probably are interested in it. Maybe some of you are like, eh, I don't know, you know, but hey, it's my show. I do what I want, all right? Um, yeah, so a lot, of, a lot of really good stuff coming up. Um, Clubhouse was cool. I did my very first pitch actually today and got in this group that was a group called What's Your Story? Share It in 60 Seconds or Less, <laughs> which, as you know, for those of you that have been listening to this podcast for a while, um, I'm kind of long-winded, you could say, you know? Uh, yeah, I, I'm kind of long-winded. I think five of the last six episodes that I've done have all been two-plus hours. <laughs> so, you know, like, look, there's there's never a, a shortage of good content, right? I think. So I'm going to give it to you, and if you like it enough that you're going to come back, like, you'll come back to it, right? And if you don't like it, then you'll probably tune it out in the first couple minutes and be like, this isn't really for me, and that's okay. But for the people that are captivated by it, which I know are many of you, you know, uh, you'll, you'll, you'll stay or at least you'll come back. And if you don't, then you'll come back to the next episode and be like, yeah, I just didn't have the time to finish it, but it wasn't because it wasn't good. It was just because I got a life, man. I can't listen to two and a half hours of, uh, derby stories, which, Hey, I understand. So thanks for coming back this week. Um, but the clubhouse thing, it was, it was a little bit intimidating, right? If you're not familiar with clubhouse really quickly, it's a online platform for, People to, I see a lot of motivational speakers on there. I see a lot of um, groups that are geared toward VCs and pitching and, and getting comfortable pitching. And that's like the whole point is to come on there, share your story, uh, what you're selling. If it's not yourself, it's probably a product or a service and just get better at it or listen to people 
that are having roundtable discussions on the future of advertising or what drones might do for us in the future. Or there's even one called a love connection where literally people are in there pitching themselves as potential dating people. And it's like, hey, I'm going to shoot my shot. If this sounds interesting to you, check out my profile and send me a DM. Like, there's literally like speed dating groups on Clubhouse. I'm like, wait a second, what is this for again? Oh yeah, I'm using this to grow my platform and to attract more people to the to the show and to continue to sharpen up my pitch. And 60 seconds is very concise. And I got some good feedback. I got some not so good feedback. Right? Not not good. And like it was like, oh, they didn't like it. It was just you know, look. Sometimes people give feedback and it's like, is this actually helpful, constructive feedback that I can take and and use? Or is this somebody who's talking that feels like they want to be heard or that, you know, wants to demonstrate how smart they are or just piggybacking off of somebody else, but you're not really adding anything new. So it's like a fine line. But I got some good feedback and I ended up getting like 10 new followers almost instantly on Instagram after I spoke and I did very well. And and compared to some of the other people who were giving their pitch, um, you know, sharing that story in 60 seconds, it can be daunting. It can be nerve-wracking. And I think some of the people were nervous. I just got in there and ripped. Of course, I went over 60 seconds, but a lot of the other people did. So it, it wasn't like uh, you had to stop at 60 seconds on the dot. But, um, you know, it's one of those things where it does give me like a racing heart. I was feeling my heartbeat before my name was called and I'm trying to do some deep breathing so that I can relax a little bit so I don't get on there and I'm just like, you can hear it in my voice how how uh, elevated I guess I am in that moment and it's hard not to do. And I, But you know what? Like I love that. I love the feeling of having your hand raised when you're in a room and somebody says, do you have questions? And you raise your hand. You have a question that you want to ask. And your adrenaline just explodes because it's like, I'm about to speak in front of all these different people. And um, it's something that I do every day, but now there's like a pressure to perform. All eyes are going to be on me. Everybody's going to be listening to what I'm saying. And I think um, that feeling of adrenaline and anxiousness and nervousness is something that is really strong and and can affect the way that we breathe and speak and like our heart rate but that's why I do that kind of stuff like I seek out activities and moments and things in order to continue to create that feeling within myself because it's fun it is scary it's hard it's nerve-wracking but those are all spaces that you're going to grow and improve and there's no other way to get better at whatever it is you're trying to do other than to seek out opportunities to put yourself in position to have that feeling to raise your hand and be like holy shit you know because there's a big difference in like I hope they don't call on me and raising your hand and having that adrenaline and being like oh my god they're gonna call on me I'm ready for this but I'm also a little bit nervous about it like that's a fun feeling for me. I don't know. Some people, it's not, and I, and I get that. But um, I challenge you to seek out those opportunities because if you're talking about wanting to improve or get better in a certain area of your life, then those types of feelings 
are the only way that you're going to be able to do that and get better because growth and comfort cannot exist. It's as simple as that. So it went really well. And I'm going to definitely be back next week and continue using Clubhouse as a way to attract new people to the show, get new people listening, and connect with people. Because that's what I'm here to do, is just connect with people, share their stories, share some funny or savage stories along the way, some entertainment, but but also just to remind everybody that nobody's alone and that we can do this shit together, and you're capable of it, you're good enough, and uh, you're loved, you're loved immensely, even if you don't feel like it, you are, so that's what we're here to do. Uh, I want to speak and transition into the other part of this podcast, the main part of this podcast today, which is Mother's Day, talking about somebody else that is loved immensely, that's my mom, that's my mom, and my mom is somebody that is one of my heroes. My mom is one of the most bravest and most courageous people that I know. Um, And it's funny, you know, I think as kids, we don't always say the things that we feel in our hearts to our moms or our dads as well. But like, just in this case, I'm going to keep this mom content rolling. And I think there are so many things that moms do for us that go what feels like to them underappreciated, unnoticed, and that's not the case. Even though sometimes it can feel that way, I promise, as kids, we see it. Most of us. Most of us, we see what you're doing, and even though we don't always say it, I'm always grateful of everything that my mom has ever done for me good or bad, right? Shaping me in the way that I am and as the way that I present myself to you today. There, And that's just part of the parenthood experience, right? Is that nobody's perfect. So yeah, we're all imperfect human beings. We do our best. And we hope that, um, you know, some people say, let God do the rest. Do your best, let God do the rest. I, I do my best and I hope that things fall into place, right? And I pray to whoever's listening, hey, guide me a little bit here. And I think as a parent, that's all that you can really do is that you try and train up your child in the way that they should go and then at some point you find peace in saying they're a, they're a grown-ass person, right? They're going to make their own decisions. You live and you die with your decisions that you make and after a certain point, it's like mommy and daddy can't do this for you anymore. You're on your own. And um, not everybody is fortunate enough to have a loving mother like I have. Not everybody grew up with a mother. Not everybody grew up with a mother that wanted them. Moms that gave their children up for adoption. And, you know, sometimes it's that a mom does want their child, but they know that giving them up for adoption is going to provide them with a better life. And so they're willing to sacrifice that, and I'm sure a lifetime of guilt in a way, of giving up a child in order to provide that child with the best life possible or at least something better than what they might be able to provide. And so I'm definitely not saying that all mothers who give their children up for adoption do it because they're bad moms or they don't want the children or, you know, it's just like, it, it, I, I, think I've, I think I've made that differentiation, right, in, in what I'm trying to say. And sorry if it's clunky, but it's like there are people who are children of adoption. There are people who lost their mother at a young age. There are people who 
grew up with a mother that um, suffered from addiction and lost her life. There are people who grew up with a mother that took her own life. There are people who grew up with a mother that you now have an estranged relationship with your mother and you don't connect. You don't see each other. You don't speak. Uh, all these things happen and it, it, it again is part of the human experience and um, you know, it's like I saw some of my friends sharing some of those posts that's like this one is for all the people that are that that uh, are experiencing today in a different way than I might experience it, right? Because I get to see my mom. We go to this nice brunch. We go to the Pendennis Club. We have a private room. I know, very, very bougie. I know, I know, I know, okay? But like I got to spend the morning with my mom and with my Aunt Amy and we got to celebrate them as mothers, which should be, you know, uh, something that we do every single day in celebrating these women, these strong women that do so much for us in terms of being the backbone of our family and being the backbone of America, like making sure that everything is going smoothly in not only the household, but then the mothers who double as career people as well, because both exist. And you're working a full-time job as a mother, and it is, don't let anybody ever tell you that your job is not a full-time gig as just a stay-at-home mom because that in and of itself is a huge thing to take on, okay? But also the mothers that balance having a nine-to-five or running their own business or these moms you see on Shark Tank, like the drive that it takes to do that thing and balance those things is incredible and should be celebrated every day. But for one day out of the year, we designate as a special Mother's Day. And so it was awesome that I got to spend it with my mom and my aunt in a way that felt very special to us and to them. And I feel very fortunate in being able to have that with my mom when um, I know that other people don't. And my heart goes out to you, you know. Um, And to the same extent, I mean, I have always... Also, there, there along along the way, there have been many other mother figures who have played a very important role in my life. Whether that's been one of my best friends' moms, whether it's been a teacher that just becomes the class mom to so many students, so many teachers are moms to hundreds of kids that they teach and that they can't help being that for that kid that maybe has a mom that works third shift and can't be home all the time or that maybe has a mom that is living in the streets or that has passed on or that doesn't, isn't there for them in whatever way. Um, there are so many people that take that on. Therapists can be mother figures. Um, your friends, even everybody has that friend that's like, oh, that's the mom of the group, you know? And it, they are, you are providing a valuable service if you are that friend. If you are that girl, then you are that fucking girl. You know what I mean? Like, you're that girl. And we appreciate the fuck out of you. So please continue doing what you're doing because even as you get into your later 20s and 30s and sadly even like 40s and 50s, you get together as a group of people and there's always that one person or maybe a couple, but there's always those people that are just kind of like the mom of the group and that takes care of people. And that is such a selfless thing and it is really one of the most benevolent things that you can possibly do is to say, hey, for nine months, 
I'm going to put myself through extreme discomfort. I'm going to literally give you fucking birth. And as the old mom saying goes, I brought you into this world and I can take you back out, right? Like moms have that power. And it's because of the importance that they play in our lives and in society and in history is that it's it's just like, I don't know, man. Everybody, everybody needs their mom. And whether that means your biological mom or a mom that, that you um, lean on to fill that void if you don't have a mom, right? Those are people that are just above and beyond... I mean, what 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 can you even say to, to to begin to thank them for all that they do? You try to find the words. I'm trying to find the words right now, and I'm stumbling over myself because it's like, how do I even for a second begin to say thank you? Because just simply saying thank you feels like a massive understatement. It feels like nothing nothing that I that I could possibly say is going to convey what I'm trying to say and like other than a couple of things I I this is this is my opinion this is my outlook so I think a hug a hug is something that really if you hug somebody and you hold them tight that alone can say everything that you're trying to say but can't figure out the right words to do it with if you hug somebody and you just bring them close that's all you have to say. You don't even have to say anything at that point. It's just you convey that message and you just let that love and and that gratefulness radiate off of you right into their body. And it's just like we're syncing up right now. Like we're one. And this is what I'm trying to say. I don't know how to say it, but here it is. And demonstrating your love. That's one way. Um, another way is, and this is the way that I think is is the only way is going to be the only way that I can ever ever find a way to repay my mom and to fully convey the magnitude of the thank you that she is owed and that I want to give to her is to succeed plain and simple it's to make it and it's to do it so that all of the sacrifices that she has made for us along the way not only myself, but my brother and my sister and our family to make all of those sacrifices worth it in the end so that she can look back and say, yeah, there were parts of my life that were very difficult. They were very tough. The pregnancy thing sucked. But over the years, watching my children grow and flourish and have the things that I didn't, those are the reasons that I am a mother. And I think a lot of I think that resonates with a lot of mothers. Now I, I I hope I hope right. So I'm not a mother. I can't say for sure. Hey, this hits with me as a mother because I don't. I I'm not a mother, right? I'm not a father even. But I hope that mothers, those of you who are listening, or or even daughters and sons who are listening, have that same vibe um, or line of thinking with your own mom. Or moms with your children, you know. I I hope that that resonates with you, right? And I just think that, and it's the same thing when you have somebody who is a mentor of yours or who has gone to bat for you, which is a lot of times what moms are doing, 
They are going to bat for you no matter what because you're theirs and they will protect you at any expense. I I hope. I hope that you have a mom that's like that. Not everybody does. But for those of us that are privileged enough to have that type of a mother, it is amazing having a champion that will literally go to bat for you no matter what, time and time again. It is an exhausting role, I'm, I'm sure, especially as many times as I've asked my mom to go to bat for me. I look at all of the things that she sacrificed and all the beatings that she took along the way, and, and not just from men, but from life, and it's just like, the only thing that I hope, my biggest success in life, will be to make it and make all of these sacrifices that you made for us worth it. And that's the only way that I know how to repay you, mom, is just to say, I love you. Thank you so much for everything. And one day I hope to be standing on a stage crying in front of a fucking room full of people being like, mom, you're the real MVP because that is that is a powerful moment, right? And so shout out to Kevin Durant and his mom. But when KD stood up and said that shit, it resonated with everybody in the room because it's like, who doesn't? Those of us that have a mom, who doesn't look at that person and be like, you're the real MVP, like, thank you for everything. It's like, that is, it's true. That's real talk. That's real talk, right? And I I just, it, it's just, I don't know, man. It's a thankless job and um, <laughs> they deserve so much more than one day out of the year. And so that's why it's important along the way, be like, acknowledge these things you know your mom gets home late from work or doing whatever she's doing if it's a class if it's you know whatever keeps her busy and her time consumed coming home and still finding a way to make dinner even though she's exhausted or getting on you to do your homework or helping you with your homework right like dude there's so much that goes into it and I really don't think that you appreciate it and can see that until you get older because everybody grows up thinking why is my mom breaking my balls? You know, like, let me live. And then you get older and you realize, oh, yeah, she was fucking being a parent. She had to do that stuff in order for me to turn out the way that I have. Hopefully good, right? Um, and I think there's an even deeper level of it and a deeper layer of it that you gain an even better insight and understanding when you become a parent yourself. And I'm sure that my friends who are parents that are now raising children, and I have a lot of them because I'm 29 years, I'll be 29 next month, and so I have a lot of friends who either got pregnant when they were a teenager and now have like four, five, and six-year-olds, or my friends that are around my age that maybe have just become parents recently that are now raising a newborn baby or a baby that's one or two years old that are still really new parents, right? It's like, I'm sure that when I talk to those friends, they, the things that they tell me are like, man, now I realize why my parents were so tough on me or now I realize and I appreciate all of the things that I do now as a mother. When I speak to writers who are now raising children and going to work and coming home and you hear about latchkey kids and, and like that was a thing, it still is a thing. But it's like, I speak to these mothers and... They just want to provide for their kids. They just want to put food on the table, give their kids a warm place to sleep at night. And if that means not being 
the most engaged mom in their sports or their after-school activities or they can't be at every practice and they can't be a, a tiger mom because they're literally having to hustle out there to make ends meet. Like, no kid looks at their mom and says, gives them the thank you that they deserve or does it often enough to where you feel appreciated as a mother, you know? Um, so I'm here today to say on behalf of all of us, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Thank you so much and we love you and no one could ever replace the things that you do for us. I mean, nobody, nobody, all right? That's real talk. And I just, it makes me emotional thinking about because it, it feels so heavy, you know? It, it's, it does, it, it feels so heavy because it's it's just years and years and years. I mean, I can't, guys, I can't tell you how many times my ADHD ass would be getting in trouble in school, doing something that I shouldn't have been doing, and here comes my mom to show up in defense of me. No matter what, she was going to make sure that people knew, hey, this isn't a terrible kid. This isn't somebody that is a bad person. This is a kid that makes mistakes and is hyper and is going to act up and say things that he shouldn't and get in some trouble, right? Kind of a boys will be boys thing to an extent, right? I mean, there's some stuff that has been passed off as boys will be boys in society traditionally with men that are big no-nos and should have never been passed off as boys will be boys. But there also are some things when you're growing up as like, hey, um, you know, your son brought a porn magazine to school or had it on the bus or told another kid about it. It's like, okay, some of that stuff is like, hey, a curious 13-year-old boy is going to do what a curious 13-year-old boy is going to do. As long as it doesn't cross a certain boundary, and I think we know probably where that goes and where I'm going with that is like, okay, you know, that's that's one thing. But like, regardless Moms will show up, and my mom came to my defense so many times, so many times we had to have that phone call and that talk with a teacher or with a coach or with another parent, and it was just like, she did that over and over and over again, and she would tell me, like, she she wouldn't question it, but then we would be in her Ford Explorer, and she would be driving me back, and she'd be like, don't make me look dumb, I'm 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 happy to do this for you. But don't make it for nothing. You know what I mean? Like don't make me look like an idiot. Because if you're just going to continue to do that, I don't want to continue to come up here and and tell people no, he's not and relax and like my mom did that for me so much growing up. <laughs> I was such a terrible child sometimes. <laughs> And look, I, I turned out pretty okay, right? But I just definitely <laughs> was a little problem child. And like, to subject my mother to the things that I did. My poor mother. My poor mother, all right? Um, so yeah, it's just, that's one of those things. And, um, you know, I, I just, I want to share with you a story about my mom and why she means so much to me. And I'll keep this pretty quick. And then that's really the episode. Um, I had asked on social media for people to share stories about times that your mom went to bat for you and what makes your mom special, what you love about your mom, like 
send me those Mother's Day submissions and I will gladly put them on the show. And honestly, I didn't get a single one. I haven't gotten many life advice submissions yet. They'll come. I'm not worried about it. If I have to continue to seek those out, um, you know, individually and say, hey, could you send this to me and I'll feature it on the show? That's cool. As people continue to find this show and as that segment continues to pick up momentum, I'm sure that people are going to continue to say, hey, I want that to be me or I'm hearing him speak about this thing to this person and help this person. I, I, I have something that I need some help with. Like, I want that to be me, right? And so that'll pick up. I'm not worried about it. But I don't have any other submissions and stories of, uh, you know, why you love your mom. What makes your mom awesome? What makes her the best mom in the world? What, what has shaped your relationship with her? And tell me about a time that she went to bat for you, right? By the way, you can still send those in. And I would be happy to do a Mother's Day mailbag on the next episode. I, I, or if it's not the next episode, because next episode will be Uber Stories Nashville, I guess. I don't know. Maybe next year. Keep that in mind, okay? So we'll, we'll come back to that. But I don't have any of those submissions. So this one's going to be pretty short. And I'm going to try and keep the story pretty brief and, and, and uh, you know, get out of here in the next 10 minutes. But um, the reason, one of the reasons that I am so close with my mom is because she not only didn't finish her college degree in order to have me, she was pregnant at the time. She got pregnant and didn't end up finishing um, the, the, the degree path that she was on, and so she had me. And then two years later, she had my brother. And another two years later, she had my sister. And then she was done having kids, but that didn't mean she was done being a mother. And she stayed as the backbone of our house in a turbulent and traumatizing and abuseful relationship for way too many years. But she did that because she wanted to give us that life, I guess. She didn't want to break the home up or... You know, whatever reason that parents, you, you, you do it for the right reasons. You do it because you're well-intentioned and you're thinking of the kids. How disruptive is this going to be to their life? Am I going to have to take them out of school? Are they going to have to go join different teams now? Are we going to have to move? Will we stay in the same state? Like, all of these are very legitimate concerns you have as you're going through a divorce. But before it even got to that point, I mean, my mom was didn't choose to pursue a career and was dissuaded in that in order to stay home and be there for us when we got off the school bus and make our lunches for us in the morning and, and be a fucking rock star as a mom. And we had that growing up. I had that growing up. And then when my parents got divorced, she was then forced to go out and find work in order for us to keep the house that we had. And she didn't have a college degree, right? She had me instead of having that and finishing. And it's something that I encourage her. I'm like, mom, just you should just go back and do it. Like you're close just to come full circle and, and feel that accomplishment this many years later. Like I think that's fucking awesome, you know? In Mad Men, Betty Draper goes back to, and I'm like, mom, I, I that is so motivational and inspiring to me that at 
50 something years old, you could be like, you know what? I'm not done. I'm I'm constantly evolving and growing and learning as a student of life. And like, I just, I don't know. I, I think that would be really cool. And I, I'm, I'm pushing my mom to do that and we'll see if she does. But, um, she was forced to go out and try and find job. And when my parents got divorced and we were left in this house that was being unpaid, it was like, hey, we're trying to stay in this house. Well, it's 2007, 2008. I mean, the global market and the global world economy is crashing. And we're in the midst of the Great Recession. And that was the backdrop for my mom being a single mom trying to keep a roof over her kids' heads and trying to find work in a job market that nobody was hiring in and setting herself apart as somebody that, out of this pool that no one was hiring from, not only that, but also not having a college degree and and the credentials in that sense to elevate herself amongst that group that isn't getting hired. She found a way to do it. She found a way to do it. And she didn't know anything about furniture sales. She was working for a company that sold office resources in FF&E packages. So imagine a building gets built and designed and then specified as to what the office should look like and here are the approved vendors of office furniture. And so she would work with the architects and, and the end users and construction people in order to sell those products into these projects. And sometimes a building gets designed and it gets built and then the FF&E package comes later where um, the the construction manager or whoever is sourcing out that stuff and then you're making that sale to them, right? Well, that's what she was doing. And she didn't have experience in sales. She wasn't an expert or had worked in the industry of office resources and desks and chairs and stuff like that for years and years and years. But yet, she found a way to do it. And she was good at it. And she was successful with it. And for years, she found a way in order to make it work for our family and to feed us and to provide for me and my brother and sister when we needed new cleats or we needed, we wanted to go out to eat, you know. That was a, that was really a privilege when we were kids. That was a special thing. Uh, to go to like Max and Irma's or something. I'm dating myself in the prospect uh, game here, but like that used to be a really special thing to go to Max and Irma's. And if you were really, really lucky enough to maybe get one of those earthworm, dirtworm cups of uh, ice cream and the Oreo crumbles and a gummy worm, like that was a really, really big occasion for us. And, you know, I, I just. I grew up going to practices where you would have these kids whose dad would be there politicking and pressuring the coach for more playing time or hanging out and watching and 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 bonding with the kid like that or it would be the dad picking them up from practice and being like hey how to go how was it you know hanging out watching the practice like when I was growing up in 7th and 8th grade and as I got to be in high school, it was my mom showing up in these business suits and, and high heels and looking dazzling, way better than all the other moms, okay? But like, 
<laughs> but it it would be, it would just be like, damn, like all these other kids have dads picking them up, and here's my mom in a fucking suit just came home from her job or just left the office and she's here to pick me up. That's cool. That's really cool. And it's just like a different experience, right? And I look at the resiliency of a person that can go out in a time like that where you're literally forged in the flames. There is no... (laughs) There is no advice or or track to take in order to just do it other than just doing it and she did it and she made it work and eventually she put us into a position where she didn't have to work anymore and I say it all the time I mean she is the backbone of our household in in the relationship that she has created in this life that she's created with my now stepdad and the house would not run without my mom. I mean, it, it w- we would be fucking lost. There would be people showing up. I mean, that's why I say, like, it's a full-time job. Like, not only is she, like, the CEO of the house, but she's, like, the CEO, the secretary, the press team, the, the photographer. She does it all, dude. The guest booker. And she 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 just grinds, man. I mean, it's just between the people that are coming in and out to do this stuff and hey we got painters coming and the landscaping people and like I'm I'm reminded of that it's funny that I say the landscaping people because instantly my mind went to Jordan Belfort in the Wolf of Wall Street being like oh the landscaping people you know and and what he's doing in that moment is minimizing the role of that woman in his life because as he's saying oh you had to pay them with your hand and your feet and walk to it but like you know what you didn't do it and without her it wouldn't be getting done and that's just one thing one example of something that she does day in and day out week in and week out however frequently but that goes overlooked or or is something that society goes Oh, well, how hard can it really be? Well, if it's that if, if if it's that easy, then you do it, you know? You find the time to do it. Don't talk shit about somebody that's doing the thing, right? It's like you're not doing it, so why should we listen to to you, you know? Talk about how easy it is or oh, it's not that hard. Well, then do it. Buck stops here, that easy. Oh, they get really quiet, really fast, you know. Oh. <laughs> Got him, right? And and I just like the 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 strength of somebody to go out and fight that self-doubt every single day. Hey, these people are more qualified than me. My boss took a chance on me. I don't have traditional, I don't have any traditional um, experience. Like, I, I, I can't even imagine what my mom's resume looked like when she handed it in. Other than the organizations that she always did, and I talked about that in one of the previous episodes, I think the New Year's special. Um, you know, my mom was really influential in helping with the Smoke Free Louisville campaign, and and when that was big, she was, you know, played a part in working with Mayor Jerry Abramson and these people on these boards and. Even now, you know, she she's always been involved with the Junior League of Women and, and she's always been very engaged and I think important in these organizations 
But in terms of having a resume that you hand to somebody and go, well, I worked at this company for these three years, and then I spent five years here at this company, and then I took a promotion, and I was handling this at this company, and I worked there for like a year, and then it was a startup, and it folded, and then I went here for eight years, and like, not everybody has that linear path, right? Um, and that's why, you know, mom entrepreneurs and these people that start their own businesses, like, it's incredible what they do, and I just, the point of all this is to say that the the strength and the resiliency and the reliance on themselves in order to continue to be that is incredible. And I don't think it's talked about enough. It's why when I meet writers that say, I'm a stay-at-home mom, I applaud them and I'm literally like, thank you. You know, thank you for all that you do. Your job, that's a full-time job. And they're always so appreciative to be acknowledged in that way because it is. It's just something that in society we just, kind of just expect the woman to do and those gender roles are changing the family structure especially for you know for millennials and gen z's um and gen x had started the change millennials absolutely and and gen z we'll see right but like what it means to have to to have a family in 2021 looks a lot differently you know and it's just I don't know. I, I just I gotta tip my cap to OGs and and not only, you know, my mom, but the the other moms in my life, getting back to that is just like there have been so many moms that I have grown close to and literally call mama, you know, Mama G, Mama Levich, Mama Lewis, um, any of my teachers growing up that I looked at that, because by and large, like I said, teachers are like your mom from 8.30 to, to 2.30 or whenever you get out of school, right? Like for some people, they are. Um, team moms. You know, when I was playing high school football, there would be a number of moms that would be there every single week, you know, and whether it was helping out with the booster club or whether it was scooping out the food that we were going to eat before a Friday game or, or a Thursday or whatever, like those moms did that and were involved and made sacrifices in order to do that. And I just have so many women in my life that I look at that I say, thank you. Like, thank you for being a mom to so many of us when I'm sure you have your hands full enough with your own children. And it's, it's not to say that these women replace my mom at all, but Having that many, I guess, mentors and, and, and people that have taken enough interest in me and care in me to bring me under their wing from time to time or to just show me love like I'm one of their own. I think that's what it is. It's just like all of these women that I'm talking about showed me love in a way that I felt as if I was one of their own, you know? And there's so many moms that do that. There's so many aunts that do that, that don't have children that do that. There's so many women who take in their family's children, their nieces and their nephews, or just moms. You know, like in in, 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 in high school sports, this is so common, but you'll get a player that maybe just doesn't have a mom that's around. And so one mom becomes a mom to like so many other kids on an AAU team or a football team. Like that is so common. And... It just, it takes a certain type of strength to do that. 
And that's what I wanted to spend today speaking about and highlighting is all of those women that do that day in and day out. And we just never give them the, the proper amount of, of respect that they deserve. Or at least we don't say it. We might think it, but we don't always say it. And sometimes it's important to say it. I want to end this episode with a poem that I wrote for my mom. This is a birthday poem, okay, that I wrote for her, but so much of the message in this poem can easily be switched to be a Mother's Day poem and save for like the first line and the name of of the poem, Happy Birthday Mommy, um, the last line can easily be exchanged as a happy birthday in exchange for Happy Mother's Day. So I'll go ahead and read this and then um, we'll get out of here and Uber Stories Nashville next week is going to be a banger, so please come back. An hour, I'm going to keep this to an hour, but I, I, I can't do that unless I go ahead and read this and then, and then we get out of here. So this is called Happy Birthday Mommy. On this day in history, the world received a gift, a resolute woman whose spirit refused to be dismissed, a smile so contagious, a beauty that naturally bloomed, a soul whose energy could warm even the coldest of cold rooms. She taught me how to hustle. She taught me about true grit. She taught me about how to keep fighting when the world told her to quit. It wasn't always easy, as life seldom is, but through the struggle you showed me how to go about your biz. You bind our family together. You're our gorilla glue. And while we always think it, we might not always say thank you. So this one's for my mother on her blessed, blessed day. I wrote down all these words just so I could say, I love you so much, mommy. Have a happy Mother's Day. (laughs) I love you. All the moms in the world, I love you guys, all right? You guys are uh, the real MVPs. So, mom, I love you. Happy Mother's Day. This has been the Mother's Day special. Uber Stories Nashville dropping next week, and then I'll be back, and we're going to be picking up the rest of the summer series Still figuring out if it's going to be Chicago next, if it's going to be Cleveland or Columbus next, or maybe Indy. Still figuring that out, but I'll keep you updated as we continue to get closer to uh, the date that I'm looking for. It'll actually be like Father's Day weekend that I'm, I'm kind of looking at, so pretty exciting. Um, I will be down in Nashville, obviously, next week, and then Tallahassee the following week, and so we will get an Uber Stories episode here in the next few weeks, um, I'm I'm wondering about how, uh, like the Tallahassee trip, I think will probably be a recap, and then I'll get back and do a regular Uber Stories part 30, so that'll be exciting, and then obviously next week, Uber Stories Nashville, gonna be really, really exciting as well. I'm, I, 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 I mentioned it like three or four times right here in this outro, I'm just really excited to get down there and do it. So I think it's going to be a really great experience and I can't wait for it. And I know that you probably can't wait for the episode to drop next week. So please subscribe, rate, and review so that you don't miss a beat. Follow along on social media at BennyTomp18, most places, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, Clubhouse, um, you know, anywhere that I'm forgetting, it's there. And then on Facebook and Instagram, the show page is Real Talk WBennyT. I'm very uh, proud of myself too, by the way. Can I humble brag on myself for a minute? I didn't know how to 
use Photoshop. I really never used Photoshop in school as a journalism student. I don't know how that's possible, but I ended up spending almost all weekend long, like way too many hours that I want to admit, learning how to use Photoshop, do some basic things and watching YouTube videos, I mean, I got frustrated. I quit like three different times and was so ready to just break somebody, break down and be like, hey, reach out to one of my friends in the space that does social media stuff and be like, can I either buy you lunch or can I pay you for an hour to help me with this and share screens? And But I ended up just coming back to it, you know, three or four times. I figured it out. And now I'm really excited for the graphics that I'm going to be able to start creating to use on the Instagram page and create like a, a checkerboard layout. Uh, I'm, I'm really, I've been focusing a lot on the social media part of this and it's, it, it, it's, it's time consuming. It's the reason that I haven't driven as much and just wanting to kind of have some downtime between last week and, and, and this upcoming next week. But, um, I've really kind of transitioned into social media manager more so now than I ever have had to. And it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. So uh, it's just one of the hats that I continue to put on every single day and every single week. But I'm really excited for what the Instagram page is going to look like. So Real Talk W Benny T, go follow along there. And uh, please, seriously, leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts or on Facebook because it really helps me. And uh, you want to know how to help me grow this show? that and also sending this to somebody that you think would enjoy listening to it um and thank you i can't thank you enough for that so that's it that's all i got i will be uh back next week everybody be well tell your mom that you love her and uh that you appreciate the fuck out of her for all that she does because she deserves to hear that so everybody take care i am ben Tompkins. that's real talk